Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. I am your host, Christian Newsom, and we're so glad that you are with us. We are um, today in a special podcast with a special guest. If you are watching on YouTube, my beautiful wife, Danielle, is here to join me. Uh, and we are in the middle of a set of podcasts that goes with a sermon series um, that has to do with broken people, sexuality, marriage, and the gospel of grace. And if, uh, if you are listening to this podcast at some point in the future, I want to encourage you, the, the partner to this podcast is this sermon series. So if you can, I want you to go to our website, takethejourney.cc, or our YouTube channel, and I want you to look up the series, Broken People, Sexuality, Marriage, and the Gospel of Grace. Uh, this podcast is going to be a partner with message number three, which was given in that series. You can go to the watch and listen page on our website. Um, go to the series page. They're all lifted by, uh, listed by alphabetical order. You'll go to the B. Uh, one of my great friends from Fredericksburg, Virginia, Pastor Daniel Floyd, taught a message called Tips for a Hard-Hearted Marriage. We did a marriage conference right around that time where uh, Pastor Daniel and his wife Tammy laid out for us um, some areas that we need to have an intentional plan for in marriage. So this is part one of a two-part podcast called 10 Tips for an Intentional Marriage. Because Pastor Daniel asked us this question, is your marriage something that you stumbled into or something that you have an intentional plan for? Uh, we believe great marriages are marriages that are built out of having an intentional plan. So we're going to talk about 10 areas where we believe if you have an intentional plan in your marriage, you can have a great marriage. I'm going to give you the 10 areas on this podcast. Danielle and I are going to talk about five of them very practically, just through the lens of our marriage and how we do things. And in the part two, a follow-up podcast, we'll talk about the other five. What are the 10 areas that we're going to discuss? We're going to discuss the areas of recreation, rest, spiritual community, church involvement, career, finances, family slash extended family, intimacy, parenting, and the non-negotiables of marriage. We're going to tell you kind of our plan, our intentional plan in those 10 areas and hope that we can activate some things in your life that will help you have a great marriage. So Danielle, welcome. Um, I am glad that you are here. I would say the first tip for intentionally having a great marriage would be not doing a podcast together <laughs> uh, because this morning as you and I were kind of going over some of the stuff and I kind of said hey here's the content for the podcast you looked at me and you said I've got some content of my own yeah. that I'm going to bring to the podcast mm-hmm. so um, one of the ways to have an intentionally good marriage is maybe not to have conflict over a podcast but I'm glad you're here with all of your tremendous content Um, we're going to look today at the first five areas that we're talking about having an intentional plan in um, and I'm just going to kind of introduce them and let you talk about some of the things that we do 23 almost 24 years into our marriage um, that really have allowed our marriage not just to be intentional but I feel like to allow our marriage to be really really good I would not rate myself high in a lot of areas in my life but my personal walk with God um, I would rate myself high because I have a very very intentional plan and I and I pursue it with everything that I have I think our marriage is an area in my life that I would rate highly 
not because of my perfection, but because we have a plan that we really, really intentionally pursue. So as we I jump think, off into the areas, yeah, t- what, yeah. I think when you say that, I think it's important for people to know that we didn't get married and then have that. We got married and then a few years down the line, yeah. we started experiencing the bumps and the heartaches and the failing each other in marriage. And then we're like, oh, like we're going to have to work at this if <laughs> right. we don't have a good marriage. So to give people like a lot of hope listening, just because you're a pastor or you're in ministry doesn't mean you're born <laughs> with a great marriage. That's something you have to have a plan for. And our friends, Justin, Trisha Davis, who've written a book called Beyond Ordinary, they say that time plus unintention- unintentionality equals an ordinary marriage. And you and I have always said that We don't want to have an ordinary marriage because ordinary is just the enemy of having a great marriage. We want to have a great marriage. We want to be best friends for life. And so I think we've realized to do that, we have to work at it. We have to be intentional. And I think it came from some of the heartaches along the way. So if people are listening or watching right now and you have heartaches, that's just a great opportunity for you to take some new steps in your marriage. And I would say this as we talk through these 10 areas over two podcasts. Uh, The first five areas, I don't think anyone can get married without having, Mm -hmm. because they are literally the foundational blocks of relationship, recreation, um, and rest, and spiritual community. There are some things that you just, you cannot fall in love without and get married. So as as we do these two podcasts, I would say the first podcast really are things to remember. Mm-hmm. They're really things to say, what did we do in this area to fall in love? The second five are kind of what you do to stay married. Mm-hmm. When we look at like financing and parenting and extended family, like no one on their first date says, I'm looking for some extended family. Yeah. Do you want to start dating? No one on their hey, first date says, for our parenting yeah, right now. yeah, no one on their first date says, yeah, do you want to co-parent kids together? Yeah. No one on their first date says, let's put all of our money and all of our debt together and just see how that goes. Like the hard parts of marriage come because you've chosen, you want to live in relationship with yeah. someone. So the first five really, not only do you have to have an intentional plan, but I would say all of these were present in your relationship or you never would have even planned to get married. Yeah. So marriage usually comes out of the relationship that these first five things builds and then sadly falls apart because these first five go away Mm -hmm. and you just begin to focus on the hard things. So these are the fun parts of relationship that are also the fun part of marriage. So I'm going to start with things you had to do to fall in love in the first place. We're going to start with recreation. Um, What do you do to have fun? I love how Pastor Daniel defined this word when he was here at the marriage conference. He said, recreation is recreating life. Yeah. It's stepping out of things that bring death and it's recreating things that bring life and joy. Our intentional plan with this has looked like and does look like what now? Well, I would say we've always followed a motto that you use all the time that I think we learned from Pastor Rick Warren was yep. we depart daily, we withdraw weekly, we quiet quarterly, we abandon annually. Yep. So these are things you do naturally when you're dating, but then suddenly you get married and I think real life hits you, job, work, 
expectations and you just kind of stop recreating you stop having fun together but you did this very naturally probably when you're dating else you wouldn't have fallen in love you had you had you had to do it yeah, yeah you you were constantly every day was a, date. Every day was a, a you were trying to together. figure out how can i get away from life so that i can be yes. with my person you were yeah. trying to figure out yeah what day a week can we manage to spend together we were trying to figure out yeah how to how to have some time together mm -hmm away from everyone else we were doing things that created shared life experiences yeah. you i think the goal of marriage long term is truly that you are we said at one of our previous marriage conferences that you would be best friends and passionate lovers yep but the best friends part is really, really important. And so we talk a lot about this to part daily, what this means for an individual believer. You can do this whether you're married or not, but it's also translates to marriage because there should be a time every day where, yeah, you are departing daily for your own spiritual walk, but there should be a time every day where you connect as a couple, even if it's a short time. There should be a time every day where you withdraw weekly together as a couple, whether that's a Sabbath day you spend together or a date, date night. night, and it looks different in every season, there should be a time quarterly where you try to get away, maybe spend a weekend together, maybe spend an evening away, get the parents to watch the kids or trade babysitting with friends. And then, you know, you and I kind of really stumbled into this, but we got married, we went on our honeymoon, and then we like woke up five years later and realized we had never really gone on vacation together. Yep. Um, we had spent a lot of our time off with our families, but we had not had a honeymoon again. So one thing we always When you say a lot of time off, yeah, I would just clarify that is all our time off yeah. was spent with family. But that's for part two. <laughs> yeah, well, and I would say this, um, thankfully, um, I think my parents are too old to listen to podcasts. And I don't think your parents listen to this podcast. So I think I'm safe in, um, in saying this. Um, neither one of our families ever said, don't come here. You need to do time yeah. on your own. Yeah. So this is not something you'll be mentored or coached into. Yeah, you got to be intentional. Yeah, be intentional. Like so yep. we actually had a time where you were traveling to speak somewhere. Yep. Um, there's a huge ice storm in Kansas City. Yep. The airport was shut down. We got stuck in the city of Chicago together. Speaking in Columbus, Ohio, got stuck yes. on a, yeah. In, and we got stuck yep. there because we couldn't get back to Kansas City for at least two days. So we just at the last minute grabbed a hotel. We were downtown Chicago. We spent two days hanging out together. We did our Christmas shopping. Yep. We walked all over the city. We yep. explored new things. We saw the little German Christmas market. We, we had so much fun together and we looked at each other and said, why did this have to be an accident? Why couldn't we do this every year? And literally yep. we started every year. We went to Chicago for the first like several yep. years together and we just had not been intentional. And I don't know that anyone had really, I think when you're young, because before you have kids, you don't set a lot of your own family traditions, Right. you just kind of default to spending time with your families. Cause maybe it can feel weird to be together. But I would say if you're young, and even maybe once your kids are gone, like we're in the season where we're starting to be alone again on the backside. I think those are actually times to be even more intentional about your time together. And hey, when are we going to just spend alone, intentional time together, building that like best friend part of life? Yeah, I remember I remember the coffee shop we were sitting in before coffee shops were a, a big deal. We were having lunch in some place off, off the Miracle Mile. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember the place I was in when I looked across and I thought, I like her. Yes. And like, and we'd been married yes. five years, but it was like, I, I like, 
I like this person. I like hanging out with this person. Um, the young, the young men on our staff that I mentor, Uh, The first thing I have them lay into their calendar every year is what I call their annual honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Like you should have a yearly, you should have a yearly honeymoon alone, just the two of you somewhere. Um, And it's like one of the first items on our agenda before we ever talk. Did you book your trip? Did you book your trip? But not with your friends, not with your parents, not the one mom and dad paid for, not the Mm -hmm. family reunion. Grandpa's taking everyone on a cruise. Don't be cheap. The one you and your spouse are paying for. Yeah, you're going to invest in, you're going to go. Um. You, you have to have an intentional plan for recreation. Daily, what are we gonna do to connect? Weekly, mm-hmm. we've got to have that date, moment, even if it may be just going to the grocery store at first or putting the kids yeah. to bed and watch watching some TV show or movie that you have. Uh, quarterly, try to spend an overnight. Annually, get take an annual mm-hmm. honeymoon. Yes. Um, take an annual honeymoon. Yeah, and I hope, we've been married 23 years, so I hope we're still doing this. We've been married 45 years, in 50 years, and it'll look different in each season, but the goal is that we're being intentional about trying to love each other well in those times. And also I would say like we talk now, like when we go on our trips or different things, we call them having adventures. Mm -hmm. So we're always (laughs) like, Hey, let's do something new. Let's have some adventures. Like our kids are almost gone now. You could feel like all you ever do is just go to sleep, wake up, go to work. Like let's go have some new adventures, experience some new things together. And that create causes that recreation of life and fun together. Yeah. We had our Bible study group Sunday night. Um, and three of the guys in the Bible study group, because of some of the things we've been Mm -hmm. teaching, um, took their first vacation with mm-hmm. their spouse since their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. One of them married 14 years. Another one, I think, married 10 plus. The third one married 15, 16. First mm-hmm. time away together since since their honeymoon. And all of them were like, it was just incredible. Fun. Like to just word. hang out. Yeah, and you hear the word fun. Yeah. I heard several of them mention, oh, I... I looked at that person like what you just said, yeah. like, oh, man, I forgot how I like fun them. I have with you yeah. when we don't have kids climbing all over yeah. us and we can't ever get a word in. Yeah. So in recreation, you have to learn to rest. Mm-hmm. So one of the areas you got to have an intentional plan is it is an, an intentional plan to rest, mm-hmm. to pull away, to get away. Uh, I think one of the most important things is to know how you rest mm-hmm. and feel rested and how your spouse feels rest and feels rested. So talk a little bit about how we rest. Yeah, so I think rest is obviously so important, but people rest different. Right. Like for me, what I consider rest is like going to a beach or a pool and reading a book all day long, and that will be the greatest day I've ever had. Our son <laughs> tends oh, to be geez. more like his grandfather. His yeah. idea of rest is active rest. Like I need to be playing or having an activity or doing something fun. So yeah. A lot of times, often people like that of totally differing views and opinions are married. So one thing I think that's really important in your conversation is you have to share with each other how you rest. And you have to also have to share like what your bucket fillers are. Cause usually your bucket fillers tend towards how you rest. Right. And then you have to be willing to be selfless and be willing to share those. So I'm not going to forsake all of my rest to just do what you want. And you're not going to forsake all of yours to just do what I want. We're going to have a kind of an agreed upon, like we might have a day where we rest like I rest and we might have a day where we rest like you rest or we have fun like you rest. So like I remember (laughs) early in our marriage, but we had kids. So it was probably five or six or seven years in. For whatever reason, you just decided you were going to become a golfer. (laughs) And I did not like golf at all. Yeah. 
but I thought I like you. So yeah. if I want to spend time having fun with you because that's how you have fun. Yeah. I'm going to try to learn how to golf. Yeah. And I'm not a great golfer. I was really good at throwing my clubs. You were good at throwing <laughs> your clubs. I was really good at that. One time you hit it on the green on a par three. Yes. I, I remember going to Walmart and buying your clubs and your, your KU Jayhawk club covers yes. at the time because you like those. Um, yeah, that rest actually was less restful for me having you with me <laughs> trying to play golf while I was playing golf. Um, yeah, I, I learned how to lay on the beach and read a book, which I had never done because yeah. I, I am an active rest guy. I think it's important to learn what you're resting from. Mm. So not all the time, but a lot of time, uh, a lot of times businessmen and women will want to rest from um, the work going on in their head. Decision making. Yeah. Sure. So getting away, playing, being active mm -hmm. takes their mind off things. A lot of times moms with young kids will mm -hmm. want to rest from activity. Yeah. I just want to get off my feet and do nothing. Yeah. So I think you not only have to know what you're resting from mm -hmm. and what fills you, but you have to know how you rest, how your spouse rests. And I think you have to have an intentional plan. Listen, if you don't have an intentional plan, you're always going to be more tired. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, if you are a couple that both has full-time jobs, you're always going to be tired. Like just kind of get, get over, get over the myth of balance. Yeah. Um, you're always going to be tired. If you have no rest, you will always be more mm -hmm. tired uh, or maybe too tired mm -hmm. to have a really, really great marriage. So yeah, recreation so is important. Fun, yeah. yeah. Rest is really, really important. And another area that's really, really important is spiritual community. Or I would even say this, if somebody's maybe listening to this who um, isn't a Christian, but their their friends sent them this podcast because they're like, hey, I, I know you've been struggling in your marriage. Um, healthy friendships. Yeah. Let's call it healthy friendships. We can back our way into spiritual community. Um, talk about that in our life. Maybe the danger of unhealthy mm -hmm. friendships and the strength of healthy friendships. Yeah, I think this is really important because depending on what age or stage of life you're at when you get married, some of the friendships you had before you got married might not be the healthiest for you after you're married. So we were really young. I was mm -hmm. 19. You were 21. Yep. There were some guys that you were friends with. You played football mm -hmm. that were on the football team. Some guys who were in our wedding who probably weren't going to be <laughs> the healthiest friends for you. Most of the football team <laughs> was not was not healthy spiritual community for a young married guy. Yeah. yeah. And why that's yeah. important to know is you have to know that there's influences in your life that when you're struggling in marriage or or even when things are great, they're going to be encouraging for your marriage. Yep. They're going to encourage you to honor God in your marriage. And there's others who are going to be like, well, I told you that girl or yep. come on, let's go. Yep. Let's go have some fun together. Let's be a bros night. And it's so important that your marriage has safe influences affecting it. And right. so who you put around you in your spiritual community, that's why it's so important to go to a church where you can be a part of a, a small group of people who are pursuing the same things you are. And here's the deal. We can have a lot of married friends even sometime who aren't pursuing a great marriage. They're okay with an ordinary right. marriage. And those friendships are not going to lead you towards a great marriage, towards a marriage built with best friends and, and passionate lovers. You gotta have some friends around you that are gonna encourage the way you are pursuing the goals for marriage in your life. And usually those are gonna be people, um, you know, when I was young, my dad used to always say, when he'd talk about dating and when he would preach about it, he'd say, uh, the goal of dating is when you're dating, you're running, 
and you look beside you and you see who's running at the same pace as you and those are the people you should be dating not the people who are running like three laps behind you right it's kind of the same in your friendships like as you get to this age you want to look and say who are some people that are running the same pace as they're trying to run the same race we are right let's make sure those are the spiritual community that we put around ourselves yeah pastor daniel said in our marriage conference that we are all the sum of our five closest friends show me your five closest friends and i'll show you probably who you are Mm -hmm. so you know i I think for us um you know all joking aside my parents married moving towards 50 years Mm -hmm. your parents moving past 40 years Mm -hmm. of marriage we've just had incredible role models and even some of our friends who have great marriages Mm -hmm. um, have been great community for us but then our our spiritual community um, you know, Pastor Ryan always mentions the triangle when he marries somebody that if you can picture a triangle, a husband at the bottom, wife at the other corner, Jesus at the top, as a couple gets closer to Jesus, they get closer to each other. I think the exact same thing is true with friendships. If you have friends who are pursuing Jesus, the closer you get to them, the closer that you should get to Jesus and being able to talk through life situations that are coming at you full speed with the proper spiritual worldview Mm -hmm. um, is so important. Uh, The question is not, will your marriage be hard? The question is, will you have the proper biblical worldview when your marriage is hard? The question is not, will tragedy come? The question is, will you have a proper spiritual worldview when tragedy comes? The question is not, will you disappoint your spouse or even violate some of your marriage covenant? Mm -hmm. The question is when that happens, Will you have a biblical worldview for those things? And the answer for all those is, it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, to. To be honest with you, your first round of counselors, your first filter for the Holy Spirit are going to be the first few friends mm-hmm. speaking into your life about anything. So I think it's so important to determine to find spiritual community and try to do life in spiritual community. Even if you don't have it, you just keep trying. You need to go to that church. You need to get on that serve team. You need to get in a small group. You need to be faithful for six weeks and kind of feel your way through it and just refuse not to live in some type of spiritual community. Uh, Chip Ingram, who's a pastor of nearly 50 years, uh, who's a tremendous author and blogger, runs a nonprofit ministry. And the way they talk about thriving spiritually in the business community, they use the word bio, um, that if you have a strong bio, you can have a a strong faith walk. Uh, The B stands for before God daily. The I stands for in spiritual community weekly. And the O stands for on mission 24-7, like God has created me to do something for him and I am on mission 24-7. So spiritual community is important. Um, your church, having an intentional plan for engaging in church and being on mission in church is equally important. And we did that long before yes. we worked for a church. Yeah, and before we head there, I just say yeah. a few brief things. One, I think regarding your spiritual community, like obviously we're a church who's trying to reach people. So we're not saying cut all relationships sure. out of your life, but your closest friends who advise you, who you seek yeah. prayer and counsel from, you really have to look for a strong group of believers. But I would also say it's really healthy for you in your spiritual community as a marriage to have a marriage mentoring couple in your life. Mm. Someone who's 10 to 20 years ahead of you, who you respect their marriage, like Ask that couple if you can take them to dinner. Right. 
every quarter and just have them to seek guidance from. Your friends are great for, man, I'm just going to pray for you. Here's something we've tried, but to have someone a little further ahead of you, um, you know, sometimes counseling is possible, but sometimes you just need a good, older, more mature Christian believer to come around you and yeah. just give you some advice and prayer. So, And um, a meal will be cheaper than an hour of counseling. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, regarding church involvement, like, so you and I got married, like I said, we were 19, we were 21, way before there was a pastor Christian. And I think, again, going back to our parents, we were just raised by families that this was a value. Right. We were really thankful they taught us, so it tells us how important of a value value it should be for us as we're parenting but we from day one when we got married I mean you played football every weekend we were at church every weekend as much as possible attending as college kids like very broke college kids probably praying someone would offer to take us out for lunch after <laughs> yeah. church yeah but we went to Sunday school yep. then we signed up to serve together we yep. led in the middle school ministry together yep. and I just think back as I think back to that yeah, before you, we were in ministry, before we were, you were pastoring, like we were basing our life in the church and we had such a healthy foundation set for us so that when we had hard times, the foundation was built. I just can't say enough about being involved in a really good um, church with a good community around you. And I know some of our first little marriage things that happened that first year, the middle school pastor at the church we were serving at, like I would go sit in his office and he would counsel us. Like what a gift that was to you and I to have that built-in spiritual community that we're going to, hey, you're young Marys, let me take you under my wing and I'm going to help give you some advice and counsel. Yeah, not only did we go to church together, we served together. And I don't know that we've ever had this discussion, but I had never served in a church doing anything until I met you. Oh, wow. It was your culture, not mine. Mm-hmm. But because I wanted to be with you, it's like, well, if Danielle's serving, I'm I'm with her. Mm-hmm. So sign me My up as, yeah I, yeah, I am her plus one. And yeah, you're right. We'd, we'd be playing a football game at Boone, North Carolina against App mm-hmm. State or um, against Western Carolina, um, you know, Marshall, Huntington, West Virginia. We'd have a bus trip back. Mm-hmm get back at 4 or 5 a.m. and then we'd be up at 9 o'clock for our middle school Sunday school that we served together in, church service together. Um, and I, I think that that just, it helped us from the very beginning live on mission for who Jesus mm-hmm. had created us to be. And we, we started our entire marriage conference with the thought of you'll never be a healthy we unless you're a healthy me. If you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot be a healthy me unless you are serving in Jesus mission. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're just taking in and never giving back out, you're just going to become a fat, overweight, stuff your face, Christian, Mm -hmm. more doctrine, more teaching, more podcasts, more messages. Mm -hmm. You got to work that faith out in serving other people. Uh, You as a Christian couple will never have a healthy marriage. If you're not a healthy Christian, Mm -hmm. you cannot be a healthy in shape Christian Mm -hmm. unless you're on mission in the church of Jesus. Part of marriage is sometimes encouraging, but it's sometimes challenging in in a tactful, loving way. You should always encourage your spouse. Hey, there's Tuesday night men's groups. Yep. Go be in a Tuesday yep. night men's group. Yep. Um, you should be encouraging. And sometimes you might have to come along and challenge. Like, I know you might not want to do this, but because you love me, I'm asking you to try this. Try it. Like, test it. Let's see if it works. Like, just keep trying. And I think if you've ever had hurt in church, it's important that you don't give up. Try again because... Um, there's got to be some disciplines in your life that you just do and you might not see the fruit of right away, 
Like, I'm the person who would like to go to the gym and, like, lift one heavy weight and be like, boom. Um, but that doesn't happen. Like, I want to see the fruit right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you got to keep going. you got to keep showing up. Have some healthy spiritual-type disciplines. And church involvement and church community is one of those. That's so important. And if you invest, the investment you make pays off over the long haul in your relationship. Probably things we were learning those first few years we didn't even know we were learning. Right. We were just being faithful. Right. There's not a lot of faithfulness in today's world. Decide as a couple what are some things we're just going to be faithful to, whether it's easy whether it's hard, because we just know that God will honor this and he'll bless it in our relationship. The last area for this first podcast, number five, is career. Have an intentional plan for your career. I would say this, regardless of the career that you're in, your intentional plan for your career needs to be this. Um, If you do not have a career that lets you depart daily, withdraw weekly, quiet quarterly, and abandon annually, if you do not have a career that lets you rest if you do not have a career that gives you time for spiritual community, if you do not have a career that lets you engage and live on mission in the church, you have the wrong career. Um, you can, you can have a great marriage or you can focus on a great career. Um, and you can have a great career and a great marriage, but only if the great marriage is the priority. If you pursue career, marriage may fall completely apart. Um, so I would say when it comes to a career, Regardless of what you do and how you do it, you have to base your career on what it will take to have a healthy marriage Um, and then and then give those boundaries to the person you're working for. um, And they may decide for you. This career is not for you because your marriage is healthy. So I I was a um, I wanted to be a lawyer coming out of high school. So I was a kind of a government poli sci uh, major my first year at Liberty um, and loved the whole history government stuff. Uh, love the the legal field. Um, thought that I might be good at that. Mm-hmm. And between you are really good at arguing. Yeah, so. between my freshman and sophomore year of college, uh, I got to shadow a law firm in Columbus, Ohio, uh, where some of my dad's uh, attorneys that um, he he had a guy who had played high school football for him who did some legal work for him um, in Columbus. They let me shadow at their law firm. And I got to the end of the day and I got an hour with, you know, one of the attorneys and they said like, uh, okay, you, like you get an hour, what's your questions? And I said, what does family life look like as a lawyer? Mm-hmm. And he kind of started chuckling and he said, well, at our firm, um, f- you know, f- five of the six partners at our firm are divorced. Uh, so he said, it's probably possible. He gave me bad advice that yeah, I've learned since right. then. But he, pro- but he said to me, good lawyers are probably not good dads and good dads are probably not good lawyers. But he said, you should talk to the other guy um, who's married. He, he might tell you something different. So I talked to him and said, How, you know, what, what do you do to stay married and, you know, be with your kids? And he said, I try to spend one hour a week with all of my kids. It was a dad who coached me in sports with a dad who was my principal who I rode to school with, with a dad who I saw on the weekends and who I saw in the summers. Uh, I literally, when my dad picked me up that day from Columbus and drove me home, I was like, I'm not going to be a lawyer because my goal for my marriage and family does not look like it will thrive in this industry. So the career's out because God has created me to be a great husband and a great dad before he's created me to be a great anything else. And this is the goal. So I would say when it comes to having an intentional plan for your career, just make sure it's a career that can be shaped around you being 
uh, a great follower of Jesus, a great spouse, and a, and a great parent. Yeah, I'm sure some of the people listening, like you're working in a toxic work environment, yeah. and you don't even realize how much it's affecting your marriage. Yep. Or you're working with some people who, like we talked about how important it was to have healthy spiritual people around you. Maybe you have to work really close with some people who are leading you into temptations and things that are mm-hmm. not healthy for your marriage. I think what it all boils down to is you have to just trust God. Yep. You have to trust that if these are the priorities of my life, I have to trust that God has a job, a career out there for me, that I can honor God and have a really filling and a fruitful career too. And a lot of times we just don't trust God, but sometimes, you know, the greatest advice we got when we were talking about planning a church is like, just take a step, right? Take a step. So we started taking little steps and God just started blessing those and honoring them. And it gave us confidence to know, hey, I guess he's going to do this moving forward. And and I think your finances, which we'll talk about in part two, tie into this. Some yep. of us are tied to careers because we've set an unsustainable yep. life yep. that we have to have this career. So I think that'll be a good part to talk about in part two, because you have to talk about as a couple, like, is the wife going to work? Is she not going to work? Is that going to change in different seasons? And put some boundaries around the kind of lifestyle you set up for yourself so that you can, if that's your priority to be a stay-at-home mom, you got to set a lifestyle up that will support that. So I'm glad you joined me today um, on our podcast. It's funny looking at you. You sound so young when I listen to you on the podcast, but I'm not watching it. But are you saying I don't look young? I'm not saying you don't look young. I'm just saying you got like other. I'm just as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking, but people are going to listen to this. Think she's a lot younger than I am. You're a little, you're a few few years younger than I am. Um, We hope today has been helpful uh, as we talk through ten tips for having an intentional marriage. This is just part one. We'll be back next week with part two, talking through the final five steps. Uh, As always, the goal of this Activate podcast is to give you practical tips that you can activate in your life. We would love if you would rate or review us. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up um, for today's content. If you have found it helpful, I hope you'll send it to a friend of yours who you know um, they desire to have a better marriage. We hope this might um, help them. Uh, If you get a chance, maybe go back and watch Pastor Daniel's message in that broken people, sexuality, and marriage series in the Gospel of Grace uh, on our website. Uh, And we hope next week you'll join us for part two of this series where we encourage you to have a faith that is active. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.